0: Let's talk about microdosing. You know that feeling when your body and mind are really at peace, like after a workout or a nice long shower, where you've relaxed, you're focused, and a little energized? It feels just right, like you're in the zone. Well, microdose can help you not only get into that zone easier, but stay there longer. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. I absolutely love how helpful these gummies are. For me, half a microdose gummy during the day helps me really stay centered and really fresh as I get everything done on my list. And they really help me relax in the evenings as well and just be present and in the moment instead of worrying about things from the day or what I have to do tomorrow. Get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com, promo code MinaAF. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com, promo code MinaAF for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com, promo code AF. I'm Mina Starsiak-Hawk, and this is Mina AF, where I answer all of your questions and you can ask me anything. Can we talk about money? Can you still breastfeed with implants? You're both boss moms, and I'd love to know the story of how you met. Literally anything any of you want to hear. Listen as we build a community and get to know each other better. Hi, guys. Uh, Happy Tuesday. Glad everyone made it through Monday. Today, I don't know when this episode's going to air because I don't know when I'm going to feel like it's the right time for it to air, but I'm going to talk about today. You're just probably going to hear about it later. So today, I filmed my last few pickups for Good Bones. Not Good Bones Season 8, but for Good Bones. So um, it, is, it is officially, that's a wrap, folks. Um, and the series premiere or the series, you know, the last season of the series, you know, will air a few months from now. And it's the end of an era. I mean, I had to say goodbye to some people today that I have spent my last almost 10 years with. Um, you know, if you rewind, the pilot aired in 2014, and right now we are, you know, midway through 2023, and I just, I really value and appreciate the ability to, to have this podcast to be able to talk to you guys about these things that a lot of people don't think about when they watch TV um, or, you know, consume content it's like the making of the sausage which sometimes is not pretty but it's very humanizing and because i've been in it so long i watch i watch tv very differently sometimes i say you know tv is ruined for me cuz i know about the making of the sausage but on another level i think it helps me be a better like consumer because you know you know watching you know, Vanderpump Rules or whatever it is that's reality TV, like it's a version of reality, but it's also a very pared down one, um, you know, one that is is made to be consumable by the masses. So you're never really getting the whole picture. And something I'm super, super proud of um, and really grateful to the network for is making a show for the last eight years that for the huge majority of the time has been super representative of who i am, who the boys are, what we're doing. um and it was really important to me from the beginning to do that because you know, a lot of the older like the concept of older shows were more like host mentality and after i think really fixer upper kind of, you know, led the charge on this is really like real people who have a real company or trying to do a, you know a real thing, and that's what my mom and I were doing when the show started. We were trying to you know make this a real thing, and then before we could make it a real thing, like in real life, it became the thing it was on TV, which was really just like on steroids what I had wanted to do. Um, With the business. You know, the goal was to renovate homes in our neighborhood and be able to make a living doing it. And it's been, oh my gosh, I'm going to like be all over the place today. So it's been almost 10 years, but a lot of these people on the production team have been, a good chunk of them, been here for at least the last, you know, five seasons. Um, One, uh, give a little shout out to Jake Huber. He's a local indie boy, and he was a production assistant on our um, pilot episode, and is still on the team and is a camera op, and just does so much cool stuff. But point being, like we've all seen each other grow up for the last decade, and I have seen them get married, have kids, uh move to Indy some of them, just like these big like life changes, go through illnesses. They've seen me get engaged, get married, um, have, you know, be a foster parent to my niece, have Jack, go through IVF, have Charlie, um, and then all just the regular daily struggles. And I think y'all would agree, but like your hardest and maybe meanest to the people that are closest to you because it's safe. So we've kind of become family for each other and kind of done that. I mean, I've probably been a huge a-hole to them. You know, I would say there's times where they've been an a-hole to me, but it's because we kind of created this weird, big, dysfunctional family that just came to an end today. And it's so weird because you know like with family you don't you don't like end that relationship really no matter how dysfunctional it gets sometimes you probably should um but it was goodbyes and really kind of is i just wanted to actually like sit down and say words and like reflect on it now while it's happening and I think it's important also to say that the like what I'm reflecting on now is not how I've felt the last you know month, two months, three months, six months while knowing the end was coming, um, and just like the life crises I kind of went through. Not that not that this was like done to me. like this was a this was this is the right thing. This is a good decision. This is something that was made together with the network, and, you know, hopefully very exciting things to come. But it's been really hard to do what we've all done the last eight seasons. And um we all just needed to switch it up. So so that's what's happening. And that being said, the end of anything is just hard. And for me, particularly, I went from you know my early twenties, mid twenties, waiting tables, renovating houses with my mom. I mean, I was it was two thousand seven when I bought and renovated my first house, and in two thousand seven, I was I was born in eighty four, so I was twenty three, and I never had. I guess like a quote-unquote real job. I was waiting tables, renovating houses on the side, not making a living. And then the show became a thing and I went kind of straight into that. I was still waiting tables when we were filming the pilot and then while we were waiting to see if the pilot got picked up. And then I, you know, came into this whirlwind life that's been, you know, 13 or so houses a year for the last eight years of my life the business has changed so much. Um, you know, it went from me and my mom to me and my mom and a handful of people, and then, you know, her retiring and me buying her out. And with the quick growth of the company and the show, the team grew so much because I could not do all the things at once. And I've been so lucky to have so many of the people, a lot of them, like family members that have been part of that along the way. Um, But in the slowing down period, it's been so dang hard because it's going back to that really small, like, you know, mom's not there anymore, but that pared down team. And that was really, really hard for me. I have, you know, I'm from a Polish Catholic family and the guilt is a real thing. I've always felt, I'm also, you know, a middle child uh, from... Love them, dysfunctional parents. So, you know, feeling responsible has always just been like part of me, like responsible for everything, for other people, for myself, for failures, you know, never take credit for the successes. But so having this team that I now had to figure out how to undo was really hard for me because people rely, like they've committed their whatever part of their life to my company and they get health insurance and they get life and like all these things. And I've never had like a real job or been in the real world where people just get downsized. You just get fired because whatever the reason. And to me, that just seems like super cutthroat. Um, So figuring out how to, and there's no easy way to say it, like let go of, team members that had been around for so long because I wasn't doing 13 houses a year. Um, I think what's helpful to understand is all our seasons have overlapped. So as we start finishing the homes from one season, we're usually already starting up the homes for the next season. So we never had less than, you know, five, six, seven, eight projects going on at once. But now that the last six months have actually been a pair down without a startup of the next season, I've started to understand, like, this is what pace is going to look like. This is what, like, my new normal is going to look like. And it doesn't require 12 people because I can be a human again. And, you know, my designer, MJ, is amazing and so talented, but we're not going to be staging a bajillion houses at one time. So how do I make that make sense? And I just, I mean, I threw everything against the wall to see what would stick to try to keep the team together just for the idea of keeping the team together. So do we try to do consulting and design and all these things? And I really, really put myself in a weird, tough, unpleasant headspace trying to solve this thing, this problem that I think I've slowly realized wasn't necessarily my problem to solve, which also sounds really cutthroat, but I have felt responsible for so many people for so long. You know, my team, um, you know, the the, the production team is amazing, but, you know, some of them moved to India and I'm like, oh my God, they did that for me, (laughs) which is very self-important sounding. Like they did that because it made sense for their job, various things, but that's not how I felt at the time. It's, been hard feeling, putting this own responsibility on myself that really wasn't merited in the last few months, figuring out how to unpile that and really understand, okay, like, let's think it, let's think this through, like, what are my actual responsibilities? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have different stressors, some big, some small that we carry around and that really weigh us down. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to have a negative effect on us. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever it is that's weighing you down. For me, therapy has been so helpful really learning those positive coping skills and to be the best version of myself. I know myself better and how to set the right boundaries that really work for me. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, then give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, and it's entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Mina AF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P Warmer, sunnier days are calling, and you can fuel up for them with Factors' no-prep, no-mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like calorie-smart, protein-plus, and keto. Factors' fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. With delicious options from breakfast to dessert, you can stay fueled all day long with easy and nutritious options. Plus, with premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon, Factor meals are a real treat. I love the convenience and the variation of Factor's different meal preferences, whether it's managing calories, maximizing protein, or avoiding meat, Crush your goals this May with Factor. Head to factormeals.com slash MinaAF50 and use code MinaAF50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code MinaAF50 at factormeals.com slash MinaAF50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Ladies and they're pretty simple. It's to take care of myself. It's to take care of my kids, uh, work together with my husband to do those things, to really take care of my family and make sure we are always safe, fed, happy, healthy. Like at its truest, like those are my responsibilities. And all the other stuff is, God, it just feels terrible even saying it, but it's not. It's not my job to keep you know two dozen people employed for the rest of their lives or you know all the things that i was putting on myself that was making it really really hard to function as like a normal human being because i always felt the weight of so many other people's worlds that i put on my shoulders like no one else did that to me there's no like blame game to to play there but so that's kind of what i was unraveling the last few months and it's been super super hard and the stress and the end to something that's been going so long just really didn't bring out the best in me. I got to a point where I think I kind of felt like, whether it made sense or not, it felt like I was like fighting for my life or like fighting for my family's life, fighting for my employees' lives to figure something out, to find a solution, to find the next thing. And I just became a version of myself that I really didn't like because when you're fighting, when you feel like you're fighting for your life, it's not the best version of anyone. And I, there was actually a point a few weeks ago where I, you know, I pulled my, the two kind of like head people of my production team aside and said, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. We don't need to get into the weeds, but what I want to do is tell you guys that I'm sorry I want to take responsibility because the last however long I've not been the person that I want to be. I've not set the example I want to set. I want us to finish this as strong as we started it because this has been amazing. And something that uh, one of them said was, you know, people only remember how it ended. Like they only remember the last two weeks, the last three weeks. So It's so important to finish strong. And I agree because I've had employees, you know, think about you put your two weeks in at your job and then you just phone it in. All anyone's going to remember is like that you are a crappy employee that phoned it in, even if you were amazing before that. So I had to take responsibility for the part that I was playing and how like it just, there were so many things going on personally in my head that came out in ways that were just kind of like, Ugh, and I'm glad that I recognized that when I did, and had the like the, the the thought process there to say, "Hey, sorry for how I've been. I've kind of been a butthole. Um, I want to not be a butthole. I want this to be great. It's been a great thing. So let's let's finish it out strong. Because the end of anything is stressful, you guys. It wasn't that you know anything was ending tragically, or you know, uh, the, it, it just is a lot when something that long it's like a divorce almost you know it's 10 years of our lives and now we're all wrapping things up and going our separate ways and no matter how much love there was in the marriage like that's still really hard um so i think part of what i want to get across is just a general idea to all you guys that do listen, which I think most of you have like a really good understanding or you probably wouldn't follow me or listen to this podcast. But like when you consume content, whether it's on social media or TV or like even if you're like consuming something in real life, like your server's being a butthole or whatever it is, like it's not okay for your server to be a butthole. But having an amount of grace – when you are consuming anything in the world and thinking about there's no excuse for like shitty behavior but there is also so many other layers to things so watching a show seeing how it's edited um just understanding that while what you're seeing is true like you couldn't not be seeing it There's probably a lot of other, like, things going on, a lot of other layers, a lot of other parts. And over the last eight seasons, there's been a ton of that. Like, you know, mom and I have been up and down. Tad and Corey have worked for me and then not worked for me. And then Corey worked for me again and then didn't work for me again. And um, all that is being managed kind of, you know, behind the scenes, um, Because ain't nobody got time for that. You know, we've got 42 minutes in an episode. So we're not going into the thick of the, you know, the emotional turmoil because Corey and I are fighting or Tad, whatever it is. Um, And that's all coming to an end. So I've been reorganizing my life. And it was really, really scary for a while. And I'm coming into the part where, it's exciting, which is nice. And I think one of my big, you know, toxic traits is I don't ever stop moving. And it served me really well in a lot of ways because I'm very productive and I will work till I drop. I chopped myself in the in the thumb with a, <laughs> a chainsaw yesterday still going um but on the other hand I know it's something that I probably you know got from my dad it's you know if he's he's always very busy he's always moving if he's not it's not good um but it's kind of this like distraction because you're always doing things and I think two years ago when Steve and I stopped drinking that was kind of the not because again I think it's weird like if you're not drinking you must have like been in an AA or had a problem neither of us had a problem. We just decided it was a decision to make because we had family history of alcoholism and we really were trying to make some different health choices as well. But I really think that two years ago was kind of the turning point for a lot of changes because it provided a clarity in several ways. A clarity in that I just wasn't drinking, so I was more clear-headed, but also a clarity in when something was stressful or trying or happy or sad I was actually feeling all those emotions and not like I'm stressed. Not that there's anything wrong with this, you guys. I'm stressed, I'm gonna go home and have a glass of wine or two glasses of wine. But that's a crutch. And it it not no judgment. It's I guess not a crutch. It's it's a it's one of the coping mechanisms. And it can be perfectly fine for some people and it can be very detrimental to others. And it wasn't really either for me. But it was a way that I didn't have to actually process some feelings because if I can avoid processing feelings, I am down for the cause. So the first, like, you know, six months after drinking, there was a lot of learning how to process various feelings differently instead of having, you know, two margaritas. I mean, like, okay, I'm relaxed now. Um, And I think it also spurred a lot of thought process about just, like, my behaviors in general and... I was just more self-aware like oh I'm feeling this way and it it doesn't just go away because I had a cocktail and having to sit in that emotion and figure out how to deal with it and still I am like the champ of compartmentalizing so I will put things away and I will either deal with them or not deal with them at a later date but figuring that out the last couple of years and just I think getting older really learning that it's okay I was going to say it's okay to be selfish, but it's not even being selfish. It's just kind of understanding what really goes in your bucket versus other people's buckets. And I think the last two years, particularly the last few months, has been very enlightening for me being more okay with saying, you're trying to put something in my bucket that's not in my bucket. What's in my bucket is under my roof. Um, and I think that kind of goes into like, that was a change. That was a change for me. It was a change in my thought process, the change in my attitude, my interactions with other people. And it makes other people really uncomfortable sometimes when there's a change that makes them uncomfortable. Um, people want you to be reliable. They want you to be the person you've always been. And when you're not, It's tough. And I get that because if my husband all of a sudden was like, uh, stopped doing the laundry, it would make me change too because he does the bulk of the laundry. And this is a very like trivial example, you guys, is what I could think of. But I'd be like, whoa, 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 what's going on? Are you mad? Is that why you stopped doing the laundry? Are you happy? Because we're gonna hire someone to do the laundry. Like what, what let's let's talk about this. What's happening? It any kind of change incites a need for communication. And a lot of us don't like or are not really good at that healthy communication. Um, so it causes problems. And that's just a lot of the stuff that I've been kind of like figuring out the last two years, the last six months, and I'm finally at a good place with it. There's been a lot of tears and a lot of like panic attacks and stress and anxiety and guilt. Oh my God, so much guilt. And I think there's a healthy amount of guilt. And then there's the amount of guilt that probably a lot of us feel all the time. And while I still feel a lot of guilt, I am in a better place where I can switch to the thought process of that's that old shit, Mina. Like, let that go. That is not actually your responsibility, it's not your job to keep the dozen people on this team that you built and have been amazing and have helped so much build and make what we've done possible, it's not my job to employ them for the rest of their lives. And saying that makes me want to punch myself in the face because it sounds like an a-hole thing to say. So I still have that thought process, but it's also true. It's my responsibility to move to the next chapter in a responsible and respectful way a caring way. And I've done that. I feel good about that. But it's still just really hard. And I've thought a lot about how to say things, what to say, how to like tell people the show's over. And it's a happy thing, but it's also a sad thing. And there's hopefully other exciting things coming, but I don't know what they are. It's so funny. I even talked to I've, – I've not really ever used a PR company other than when I did my kid's book. I used one for like a month. And so I talked to a couple because in my head, I'm like, okay, this is an opportunity. There's obviously going to be some hubbub around it being the last season. So maybe I use that as kind of a platform for what's next. And I had a really, really helpful conversation, like an hour long, from this gal at a PR company who sold me on not using them right now. And anyone who will sell you that you don't need them, you have my business when I do. Because she was like, think about any interview you've ever seen any talk show any anything they end with okay so what's next and she' was like you don't have an answer to that question and I was like oh my god you're right she's like so what do you what are, what are you gonna tell what are you gonna tell people my show's over <laughs> yeah cool we know that I mean there was a lot more things that happened in the conversation but There was some like major super helpful just takeaways about sitting and not knowing what's next, figuring out what's next, and then talking about and sharing what's next. So that's what I'm doing right now, guys. I am, A, just taking a breath. I've done the hard things. Oh, my God. Letting go of employees was so hard. These people have worked so hard for me. And it's just, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done. Like my childbirth was not that hard. I had C-sections. This was harder than that because everyone that's been on my team is such amazing people and have done, I mean, gone above and beyond to make our crazy, crazy schedule happen every day. They've moved furniture. They've hell. Brittany doesn't have a fingernail because we're working on one of our sites. People have literally given away parts of their body (laughs) to make things happen. And then I had to say, you don't have a job anymore. Not obviously right now, but in a month or in two months or, you know, it's been so hard. But I did those things and have processed those things and I'm now at the point where that, that like super, super heavy weight of all the hard things is lifted. And I have the space and the time and the energy to A, do nothing if I want, but really figure out what I do want to do. And it's something that I've been talking with like my, my, my small little like nugget team. That's my, my go-to girls. Um, that'll be the two that are left on the team with me We've been talking about it for the last year. And it's so interesting to think about because when I started home renovation, what I wanted was to renovate homes and make a living. So when you when they ask, like, what do you want to do? When we're done and you have a normal schedule, what do you want to do? I was like, oh, my God. I'm almost 40 and I'm trying to figure out what I want to do when I grow up because I've not done any I've – I've not ever had to figure that out. I was waiting tables post-college you know, hustling houses on the side. And then this amazing experience happened. And now I get kind of dropped back into that mindset of what do I want to do? So I said, you know what? I'm going to do what I wanted to do. I'm going to keep renovating houses. I'm going to do it at a much more reasonable pace. But that's what I'm going to do while I figure out what else I want to do. So it's exciting. It's scary. I'm still responsible for people's (laughs) employment, but a much more reasonable amount of people. So that's it. I have nothing for you guys for what's next yet. A lot of maybes. I've got some great show ideas I've pitched, had some conversations about. I've got the store still running that I can now put a little bit more time and energy into. My kids, you know, summer just hit don't know again when this is going to air but you know they just they just finished up school recently so i'm going to hang with them and work at a normal human pace and probably still feel guilty about working at a normal human pace for quite some time um i'm going to keep talking to you guys and i'm going to see what's next uh I'm gonna put a lot more time. I think you know intentional. This is something. So I'm hoping uh, uh, Jen Todrick and I have become good friends, with the Rambling Redhead, and we've our schedules have just been insane, but uh, we've been talking about getting her on here because I think it's so interesting the whole idea of like the influencer world. I kind of fell into it because of the sh- the show and the platform, but these people like Jen who have built. This amazing following that will, like, they would probably kill for her in an unhealthy way sometimes. But I think there's such a huge misunderstanding about, like, what the influencer world is. Again, a lot of people think, like, Mimi, you have a TV show, it's flashy, it's fan- like everything's, you know, sunshine and rainbows. Like, it's a hard job. So I do some of that, but I've definitely been, like, you know, very, very minimal on the things that I have time to do as far as, like, influencer posting. And just since filming has slowed down, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this is fun. Like before I got paid to partner with people, I would go shop at random places and find like cute things and cute deals and share them. And all of these people who have built this like influencer following did it organically because they were doing interesting things and sharing good deals or fun projects or cute outfits. And brands took notice and was like, oh, yeah, this is great. Can I pay you to also do that? So they've worked really hard to make the living that they make. And I think she has, she'll be a really good person to talk to about that because she did the influencer thing before the HGTV show thing. Um, and I really want all of you, again, like when you're consuming content, to just have a better understanding of the work that goes in behind the content. Um, so that being said, also – I'm going to take a, a soapbox moment to say I get a lot of slack about things that are like that, paid sponsored posts. I am very particular about the things that I will and won't post. There are certain brands that my manager will reach out and I'm like, you know what? That one doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for me to talk about whatever this, you know, keto diet is when that's not what I do. I train with my husband and I eat well, and this is what I do. So there are plenty of money-making opportunities that myself, as well as, you know, other quote-unquote influencers across the board, content creators, turn down because they don't make sense with their brand. And then the ones that do are great. A lot of them are companies where I've said, I love this. I want to give people a discount code. I want to work with you because your product is great. That's how a lot of those relationships start, you guys. So it really is this organic thing, not just you know chasing money. I'm sure there are people that are like, I will sell my soul for $10. I will post whatever you want. Um, the vibrator company that I'm partners with, that's because I told my manager, I feel like this is an important thing to normalize for women. I would love to work with a company. And so I am, and now I get to make money doing it. Um, so just, uh, I would love to have a later episode where you guys I can like give you guys a little bit more information about kind of like the back end of that stuff. But so that's honestly probably what's going to pay the bills until I figure out what I want to do when I grow up. Um, and that's okay. Even I shouldn't even saying that's okay. I feel like it's not okay. <laughs> but i'm just rambling now i wanted to i just wanted to sit down and and chat while all of this was fresh said a lot of goodbyes today and it feels very unceremonious and weird but that's just kind of how show business is so that's what i got for you guys for today i would love um love some Questions, comments, thoughts, anything, you know, you guys know know the the jam by now. You just click click the link in the show notes um and you can leave me a voice memo. Um you can also not leave your name if you want to be anonymous, whatever it is. If you have questions about anything, drop them in there. Um, If you have, like, uh, I am going to do this, like, influencer episode. So if you've got some questions, like, particular ones about that, drop those in ahead of time so I can get them. And thanks for listening to me ramble, you guys. I'm really excited about the next chapter, and that includes Mina AF. So I will see you all next Tuesday.